Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, I'm joined by Simon Wilson. How are we doing? Not too bad yourself. Yeah, really good, mate. Really good. Um, yeah, we're coming off the back of um, England against India down in Chennai, and England have won by 227 runs. Um, a superb performance by by England. A superb team performance. I think they batted well, they bowled well, fielded well. Um, obviously, Simon, me and you were massive cricket fans. You know, we go to Durham fairly regular. Um, did you see this coming? It, it's been a strange one because I, I know when you first asked us to come on, you mentioned Joe Root, and I think that was going to be the, the sort of crux of it. And I don't think anyone really expected the, the dominance of the performance. Um, England had played really well out in Sri Lanka, to be fair, um, and run a good run. It showed that something we don't usually do was actually played spin out on the subcontinent pitches quite well. Um, so going into that, but of course, India had just come off what was. A fantastic series with Australia and a really Im- improbable winning of the series given they were bowled out for 60 in the first test and then ended up knocking off huge scores um, against Australia with what was, to be fair, half a team given that Corley and Bo- Boomer and some of the others weren't actually uh, touring with them. Yeah, definitely. I wholeheartedly agree. I was expecting us to get absolutely hammered. Um, but, you know, you mentioned Joe Root there. I mean, we'll, we'll start off. I mean, the first innings, England won the toss, decided to have a bat. Um, it didn't seem that bad of a pitch early on. Um, Burns and Sibley managed to get a 60-odd partnership, which, um, for, for a fact, is the, the best partnership by a opposition side in India for 11 test matches. So that's... Uh, and it was only 60-odd, so that shows how good India ball on the being. Um, Burns was out playing a really ridiculous reverse sweep shot um, caught by Pant off the ball of Ravi Ashwin. And then Lawrence came in, 
caught a lovely ball actually LBW so in comes the captain Joe Root and then uh, him and uh, Sibley managed to bat out the rest of the day we'll, we'll go on to Root in a minute Simon but I, I firstly I must say I must enjoy I thoroughly enjoyed Sibley's innings he 286 balls to get 87 I mean it's just refreshing to see somebody who's not just going to go and try and whack every ball for six isn't it I think he, I think I mean, cricket's always, cricket's always about batting, bowling and partnerships. You have to do it together and you have to be like, you have to adjust yourself. It played probably as well as it could have in that Sibley was able to play his game of not doing anything silly, not playing any risky shots, accumulating runs and Root without being risky, played some lovely, lovely cricket shots to uh, to score runs at, a, at not a rapid rate, but a decent rate, you know, to keep, to stop England being under pressure. Um it was it was just a shame that Sibley got a very nice delivery towards the end of the day. Um, I think Bumrah showed why he's one of the best bowlers across all formats because at that time of the day, deciding you know what I'm going to hit the stumps at that time and getting them uh, shuffling across an LBW was top class bowling to be perfectly honest. Yeah, it was. And uh, in the midst of all that, Joe Root on his one hundredth cap managed to get your Test match hundred. Um, now I didn't think there'd be many people who have done that, but actually he doesn't join that much of a special club. There's about 11 or 12, but I suppose if you get to 100 test matches, you're quite a decent player, so there's probably no wonder why uh, there is a little bit of a list. But, I mean, how important is Joe Root to England and as a captain as well? Because it doesn't seem as if his um, runs are affected by his captaincy, which normally is the uh, normally is the case. I mean, he had a little bit of a dip for the last couple of years. He's come back and he seems to... The, the last three tests he's played, he's, it's, it's ridiculous the runs he's scored. But he's been around... He feels like he's been around forever. I think he's been playing for the sick end of a decade. Mm-hmm. And he's a straight, he's one of these cricketers who's probably, if you like, in the new breed and that he's not really played much county cricket. He's mostly international. So, a lot of, so when you talk about things like his uh, averages and stuff like that, there's very little... I wouldn't call it padding because it's a good standard, but it's mainly international what he's got his his averages at. And if you look at them across all three formats, he's a fantastic, uh, fantastic batsman. Um, he's been England's talisman for however for however long now, eight nine years. Um, he's moved around the order a bit. He's had to work work at different things, and he's shown himself to be a very adept captain uh, at a time when possibly. He's had a few more challenges than most in terms of trying to get new sort of bedding in new t- new players into a team. Yes, I mean especially with COVID as well. I mean I can't imagine it'd be that easy with obviously bio bubbles that they're all doing at the minute, um, and and obviously Roots being the one who's been as consistent. Uh, person in the side obviously because he's a captain so he's obviously where you've seen the likes of Ben Stokes has had a rest Josh Butler's getting a rest after this test match you know there's there's all uh, uh, Rory Burns who well, this was his first test match back so for him to be as consistent in I mean as you say there are three centuries in in a year well not even in a year it's in within what two months it's unbelievable yeah it's absolutely fantastic where, where would you rank him as he is a batsman and be as an England captain where would you rank him in that would you have him near the top I think from what I've witnessed, I'd probably say he's the best technical batsman I've seen England have. Mm. Um, the only person who comes close in that respect is probably Ian Bell. Um, but he's a fantastic player. And you just have to look at what the likes of Cook and Stokes and all that say about him. 
and that the series miles ahead of them. I think the other thing to really put him down for, put him up like you know, build his character up, and is that I think when we toured off, um, the West Indies last time round, he got abuse off Shannon Gabriel, I think it was, who was calling him gay and stuff like that. And the sort of leadership he stored in, he showed in turning around and saying, Look, that's not an insult. Why are you using that as an insult? And really standing up and calling that sort of behaviour out is not is another side of that sort of captaincy, that leading example that, that you've got there with him. Yeah, it's like a modern day modern day person really as well, isn't he? He's, he's obviously sledging happens with We'll have heard a lot of sledging back in the past, but calling someone gay is just not on, really. Um, so we'll go on to day two. Um, obviously, Rue completes a double century. Eventually, he's held LBW for 218. But an- another standout innings was Ben Stokes back um, after the passing of his um, dad, God bless him, um, hitting in 82 um, off 118 balls. And that, that just took the game away from him. He didn't have that, that partnership in the second day between him and Root. And it's lovely to see them two. I mean, they're such good mates, you can tell. And it's lovely when they get into a partnership when you're watching England. It's just, it runs all the time, isn't it? I, th- I think it's, I think what you've got is, I mean, you look at the team that England have and they have, across the three formats, they have, you'd arguably say, the best white ball sides in the world. I mean, they won the World Cup two years ago, so you could probably see that. And with the T20, the way they've played, you could probably look at that. Test match, they have been a bit inconsistent over the last few years, um, but they seem to be getting something right now. And I think Ben Stokes being back more solidly, you can't really put, you can't really account for the fact that it was a 2017 he had his misdemeanor, well, his incident outside the uh, outside the club and how that set it could have easily set them back. But he's come back, and last year was the world's outstanding cricket, to be perfectly honest. Um, so it, I think having the two of them in the team, you've got such power, and it does it does take a little bit of stress off some of the other players to come in and find their groove and get themselves settled. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, we'll crack on with India's first innings. Um, obviously with that mammoth total from from England, I'm five hundred and seventy-eight all out. Um, I'm very confident that we weren't expecting that from England, but um, they get they get in the bat. Rohit Sharma's the first man out. Super bit of cricket. Joffrey Archer with his pace um, got one up and just put the took a tremendous catch. Um, and then Gill was out again, Archer. Um, but the standout bowler probably in the first inning, Simon, was Don Bess. Now, what I like about Don Bess is he manages to get wickets by bowling like really turgid balls. It's it's quite a gift, isn't it, really? Oh, it, it, it's a typical sort of if you played on a Saturday. Um... The saying is, uh, shit gets wickets, and uh, it, it is that sort of saying that you get that you have that. Um, he got possibly the worst five for you'll ever see in Sri Lanka, um, but it's five wickets. Um, he, I think England bowled really well. Where what you did see was just how good a player Richard Pant is, or and he showed that in Australia when he goes on the counter attack. And in many respects, it's similar to what Ben Stokes does for England. That not necessarily playing stupid, but being able to counter attack and move that pressure from the batsman to the bowlers is a big, big thing. And Stokes does that as well as anyone. Um, look at Headley when he decided to ramp it up. Pant does that fantastically well, and given his age, he could be a really dangerous batsman in, in years to come. Yeah, I mean, him and um, I think it was Washington Sundar, wasn't it, put on a really, yeah. really good partnership. Um, and then Pant was 
was out, um, caught by Jack Leach from the ball of Dumbess. And then England, uh, once Ashwin got out, once they got uh, Ravi Ashwin out, England polished off the tail, where Jimmy Anderson polished off the tail. So, 337 all out, Sam, were you expecting a follow-on? Probably not. I think um, the follow-on's kind of fallen out of vogue a little bit at the minute. And I think, especially with the way pitches are like that, maybe he's getting out there and putting another... 150, which England pretty much did, um, and then putting them in and kind of saying on a on a four and a half like day halfway through day four and then day five pitch and saying really try and bat this out on a pitch which had started to die. The bounce was uneven. There was spin. Um, you know, you, you couldn't really push and drive it. So it was it was a good pitch to bowl at the fourth innings on. So I didn't, as I said, I didn't really think there'd be a follow on um, with regards to that. No, so yes, England got put in. They were all up 178. And I, I didn't think in the last kind of hour, hour and a half of England's innings, I, I couldn't really work out what they were doing because I was expecting a declaration, uh, maybe once Butler had gone. And then sort of Bess, um, sort of Archer and Leach were kind of just playing for time. I didn't understand that at all. I think it, uh, it, it was a strange one, but as much as people were were complaining at the time if you look at how it's turned out it's turned out to be a very good idea because you could argue that if the pitch was falling apart as it was by the time it got there just after the just after lunch on day five the pitch was a minefield to bat on so and i think sometimes when you're watching it as well it, it, it's very different than knowing what the pitch is like out there and facing a few deliveries and seeing what happens because the uncertainty that you have from batting on it is is something very different to watching it yeah, I mean, a brilliant six-wicket haul as well from uh, Ravi Ashwin as well. Uh, one of the best yeah. spin bowlers in the world. Probably the best at the, at the minute. He's superb. Um, so we go on to the um, the final day. Um, and I mean, what what, a, what the end of a, of a cricket match this was. Um, obviously, Jack Leach and at the end of day four got rid of raw hit with a superb ball uh, to ball him. Um, Jimmy Anderson as well. Um, well, well, we'll go on to Jimmy Anderson in a minute. But uh, Jimmy Anderson obviously got the wicket of Gill, uh, really well bowled, and uh, Jack Leach got rid of Pajara, and then came probably one of the best overs we've ever seen in cricket with uh, Jimmy Anderson getting rid of Rahani and Plant within four balls. Absolutely unbelievable. But I think watching what he did to Gill um, for his first wicket, where He's reversed it back through him and cleaned up a batsman who's pretty well set, not playing hugely expansive, and but is playing you know in it uh, very well. To do that to someone of, of that is it's ridiculous ability, and the fact that if you look at where the ball's pitching, nearly everyone is it's on the it's almost on the same groove that would have been left off the ball on the pitch. Um, you had the the appeal for LBW, which was ridiculously close in terms of the umbias call and then yeah. that one that came back through uh Rahani, you you don't want that ball when you're when you're on a hundred and fifty and you've faced three hundred balls, you definitely don't want it on your second ball or third ball of the innings just to come back through the gate and do that. Yeah. I mean, He's, I mean Jimmy Anderson thirty eight year old and still learning new tricks, isn't he? I mean, uh if you're England you would really want to freeze him and uh, only bring him out when we really need him because I mean, what what a cricketer he's been for England over the years, and he's still doing it at 38. I mean, it's magnificent to him, isn't it? It it's it's fantastic ability. I mean, people always go on about what 
Glenn McGraw was like for, you know, that, that sort of metronome, just banging away, knowing how to move it either way, get doing a little bit off the pitch, getting wickets. Anderson's like that. And the fact is he's... It, it's it's a misnomer for people to say he doesn't do it abroad um, because Dorney, in I think it was 2014 or 2015, said that Anderson was the difference between the two sides when England won over in India then. Um so I, I, I don't I, I don't buy this that he's a flat track bully and it's only when it's overcast and things like that. If you can control a ball like he can, it doesn't matter where you are, you you're dangerous regardless. And that sort of controls the the type of thing which is just it, it's a ridiculous level of ability to do. Yeah, and and pretty much after after that spell from Anderson, um, I mean Virat Kohli did what Virat Kohli normally does when on the counter attack. Played a lovely innings, I thought, for his seventy-two before Ben Stokes with another great ball uh, just managed to get through. Um, and then we polished them off really to win to win by, like I say, a huge huge uh, mammoth two hundred and twenty-seven runs. I mean, if you're Virat Kohli now, and you've been destroyed in your own backyard what what are they going to do what changes can you do to stop this from happening in the second innings in the second innings, sorry, in the second test i think i mean that's india's first home loss in a test match since 2018 i think it is um i think the thing with Coley is what really makes him stand out is that he's not someone who ever seems to worry too much about other people he will be telling his team to play to, to play how they know how to play, um, to do what they're good at. Um, see, he's one of those players. Whenever he's had bad, he, he had two or three bad series in England initially, and then he came back. And rather than making you know all these sort of things about how would he play, he played his game. He made a couple of adjustments to his technique and played. And I think that goes into his captaincy as well. Is that he'll probably make a couple of adjustments here and there as to how the the go for England, but. I don't think he'll be one of these who's panicking and will be telling everyone that, that they should be worried. He always comes across as a captain who has a lot of faith in his team. Um, there's a lot of ability in his team. Um, so I wouldn't expect them to be panicking too much, to be perfectly honest. The, the, the good players will back themselves and they'll believe that they can get back to beating England. And England can't think this is done by any shape or form. Do you think there'll be any changes from the... Um... For the England side, obviously, you know the next test starts on Saturday, so it's, it's you know it's quick back to back. Um, you know, personally, I think Dan Lawrence might drop out, um, and I, obviously Stuart Broad will come in for somebody, uh, possibly Don Best, maybe just go with one spinner. I think Broad might be in for for Anderson if it's per, as, as well as he bowled. I think obviously trying to preserve the pair of them, the age the age they're at now. Um, I think. The interesting thing will be is to see exactly what they think it's going to look like in terms of pitches as well. I mean, you know, subcontinent, it's usually a spinning pitch, a slow pitch. It's um, in the ground, so you would imagine it's on the same pitch. I, I doubt it'll be the same. I doubt it'll be the same pitch because of the state that was in. But if it if it is looking slow, I can imagine them playing two spinners again because um, the way that was turning by the end, and I think someone like. The thing with Leach and Bess is they both played at Somerset, which is known in county cricket for turning sideways by about day four. So they'll be used to attacking on final days with that. Yeah, so you made what the one change bringing Broad in for Anderson? 
I could see that. I, I think Lawrence might get another chance. Um, he started off well in Sri Lanka. He's had a couple of innings since. I think it's hard to judge on the second innings in India because you know it was a bit of an anomaly in terms of the way they had to play. They had to score quickly. They had to look to try and get runs. So and he got a good ball on the first as well, didn't he? Yeah, really, really good ball. So it, it probably is a bit harsh to drop him. Um, long long term. This is just a question with with obviously the. Um, 2020 World Cup was postponed until this year due to COVID. Um, and England have, have said they're kind of going to be looking to give players a rest. Obviously, Josh Butler's going home, so that'll be obviously one change. Hopefully, Johnny Bear still be coming in. Um, but with these bubbles and everything like that, with England tests probably going to be dropping players left, right and centre, would you be a little bit worried when it comes to the Ashes at the end of the year that England may be prioritising the, the, the 2020 game with the World Cup coming rather than the Ashes? It's hard because I think the way international cricket is now, it, it, it is non-stop, it is sort of all year round cricket um, and teams have to be able to come in. I think England's white ball team is scarily good and the strength and depth they've got with some young ones coming through is, I mean, in terms of batting, you've got Salt, I think, who looks like he's going to be someone who, who could... Uh, really fit into it. Ball and wise, they've got the Currens, they've got, uh, you know, c- coming through Ariel Rashid, obviously, in white ball is probably as, as good a spin bowler in white ball cricket as anyone out there. Um, it, it, it's, I think they've got to try and get that balance. You don't want to overuse the likes of Stokes and Root um, and Butler, but you do want to keep winning things and you want to be competitive and the, the fact of the matter is the and Stokes are they'll want to play every game that's available to them yeah. and good good players want to um, they don't that's why they're as good as they are because they live they live for the sport if, they, if, they're, if they're not playing the practice and they're spending every minute making sure that little flaws that they've got to picked up on and, and worked on and improved yeah, I mean, it will it will be important. I think they will all have to get arrested at some point because, I mean, there's a lot of cricket that fit in and obviously the, the hundreds, the, the hope is going to be starting this year. Um, you know, take off that what you will. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it obviously will um, all conclude with the Ashes at the end of the year, which I'm sure will be tremendous. So we'll, we'll leave it at that for now, Simon. We'll, we'll probably reconvene once the... Uh, the second test is finished. Um, I expect you to come back uh, raw, and to be honest, I think it'll be a really, really interesting five days. Um, but again, a great advert for test cricket. It's been tremendous to watch, and you know, I'll get your view on this as well. For me, really good to see you back on terrestrial television. Yeah, I mean, it's it's little things like being it, like having it there it, 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 on Channel Four, if need be. I think. If you go back to when we were when we were how old? What well, I was eight, seventeen, and you would have been a couple of years older when the Ashes were were last on in two thousand and five, and the way that people picked up because so many people could sit and watch it, or go back to when we were younger and you'd sit and you'd watch the cricket on whether it be against Australia, South Africa, New Zealand, West Indies, you'd be sat watching the cricket. It would, it would generate the sort of interest in it, which. You know, people wanted to pick up and go and wanted to watch it and wanted to go and play it. Um, I think it's been a shame that it's taken so long to get back to that sort of point. And it, it, fingers crossed there's a bit more of it going to be on over the next however long. Because obviously BBC had one, I think it was last year, wasn't it, in some of the one days that they had? And yeah, and they've got the 100 as well. 
so it would be nice to see. Um, personally, I think things like the Ashes alone should be treated like Wimbledon, should be treated like the FA Cup final, should be treated like, you know, the, the crown jewels of sport that there should be on there for people to watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, wholeheartedly agree with you there. We'll, we'll end on that one, Sam. Thank you very much for joining us um, for your debut on the pod. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. I have indeed. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, and we'll be back. I think we're talking football next week again. Um, we've got another one due out on Tuesday. Um, for anyone who hasn't, please like, share, subscribe to us. Um, you can catch us on all of your, your platforms where we get your podcasts from. Cheers very much, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.